Ben, can you believe that right now I'm doing this in my bed? Like, I'm actually in my duvet and everything. It's because I'm back at school now. I'm just absolutely knackered. But I'm dedicated. If anything, this just shows how dedicated I am, doesn't it? Yeah, well, um, I can believe you're doing it in bed because uh, I can see you on Zoom. Just to reassure oh, yeah, the listeners, I can also see Jacob is fully clothed. Yeah, thank you for that. Uh, you're jealous I'm doing it in bed, though, because you wanted to do the podcast in bed, didn't you? Yeah, well, I took a few Zoom calls in bed and I just always feel like I look like the twat in that scenario. So I, I mean, I'm not I'm not saying I don't look like a twat right now. I'm just saying I'm tired. Uh, hello, this is the Articulate Film Podcast, episode 15. I know, ben, it's our 15. 15-week anniversary. Yes, I, we made it. We're still here and we've still got listeners. So thank you very much. We've got a great podcast in store for you today. Coming up, we've got trailer talk as usual uh, and review wise on the show this week. Mulan, uh, we're going to be reviewing that as well as I'm thinking of ending things and away. So pretty, pretty solid shows uh, we're reviewing this week. Mm. Uh, but Ben, as usual, let's start with the news. Now, we've got some massive news stories uh, this week. I keep thinking I'm saying nudes. Just clarifying, it's news. 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 Ben, yeah, you can't say that word. Oh, okay. So the first news story, I have never been so excited about a new film news story in my life. And I, I know that sounds like an exaggeration, but it's because earlier this week, we found out that there's a Borat sequel that has already been made. And I have wrote here, very nice... But, um, and cue the cringy Borat impression, but I'm so ready for this film. We've been waiting and waiting and it wasn't going to happen. And Sasha Baron Cohen's a genius. And my first reaction when I read this was to watch Borat. Ben, do you want to know something? What? I've never watched the first one. You should. Honestly, you'd love it. It's one of those films that takes the piss out of just about everyone. So therefore it can still work. I might give it a watch. I might. I have heard that very nice. Very nice. Yeah, I've heard that. I have heard that, to be fair. So, yeah, it must be quite well known. Love how they've kind of kept it under the wraps as well. But the fact that it's actually been made, it's done. It's ready to be released. Is the trailer dropped yet? No, the trailer hasn't dropped. I think they would have kept under wraps for longer. But last month on Twitter, someone had managed to record a clip of Sasha Baron Cohen dressed as Borat driving through the streets. And they were like something's up here but also the premise sounds really good because you haven't seen Borat but it's the idea that Borat now thinks he's famous so he's pretending to be other people so we've got Sasha Baron Cohen playing Borat playing Sasha Baron Cohen which is just gonna be amazing Loki just sounds very very confusing uh but good old Twitter for helping us get that information sooner rather than later Elsewhere in the news, The Walking Dead have got not one, but two new spin-offs. Obviously, The Walking Dead, absolutely huge uh, franchise at the minute. Uh, I heard that Thorpe Park have actually turned one of their rides from, what was it called? It was called X or something. It's an indoor roller coaster. I think they've changed it to Walking Dead The Ride. I haven't actually ridden it as Walking Dead The Ride yet, but uh, apparently it's pretty good. So these two sequels, mm. massive, massive news for that franchise. Isn't that right, Ben? Yeah, so the... This came oh, on. Sorry, a, a, a fire, a fire ranger is going past my house. I don't know if you heard that, carry on, Ben. This came hot off the news that the main Walking Dead show is ending next year with one Ooh. long extended series. But 
They've announced the Carol and Daryl spin-off, which his names just work so well together. Then you've got the trilogy of films I think they've announced with Andrew Lincoln's character returning. I've never watched The Walking Dead, so most people listening will probably know them more than me on this. They've also got. I've never watched it either. Yeah, they've also got. I haven't watched something. They've also got Fear of the Walking Dead coming out, and they've got Walking Dead World Beyond, which, surprise, surprise, is a Walking Dead spin off with women leads. That will alienate all their target audience. Oh dear, oh dear. Um, but no, good for them for doing diversity though. It does, it does need to be done. But maybe a male and a female league might do the show better purely because it is aimed at men. Uh, ben, elsewhere in the news, not nudes, news. What's been going on? Yeah. So um, this week, very exciting. This kind of kickoff of Oscar season, as we've had the virtual Venice. By the way, Ben. By the way, Ben. When it's Oscar season. You're going to be up all night watching it, and I imagine you want me to watch it, yeah? I don't watch the Oscars. I just follow them on Twitter. <laughs> Is that What do you wear a suit for? You I, I wear the suit at 2 o'clock. In, this happens every Oscar years. I get dressed in a suit, and then I spend two hours following the awards on Twitter because I can't be asked to afford Sky in order to watch the ceremony. So I'm just watching all the highlights. I also do it for the Golden Globes as well. Um, but anyway, and you have a glass of champagne to yourself at two. In I, the I do have a glass of champagne. That's normally more about four thirty in the morning when they announce best yeah. picture. But um, that's a rather awkwardness about my life. Um, anyway, it's been <laughs> yeah, a no, virtual... What life, Ben? What life? That's what you do in your free time. <laughs> it's one night a year. It's one night a year. Well, you've the... just said you do it for another award show as well. So it's, it's at least two, two that we know of. <laughs> um, anyway, that's the, what Ben does in, does in his free time, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, ben, I'll leave you to go on and carry on talking about. So uh, we've had it. the virtual Venice Film Festival, and there's also been the virtual Toronto Film Festival. And Venice has announced Chloe Zhao's Zayo's Nomad Nomadland has won the prestigious Golden Lion Award. Obviously, Joker won last year, and that kind of puts this film as an early Oscar Best Picture. Definitely going to get nominated. Zaho has previously done The Rider last year, and next year she's got her very own Marvel film, Eternals, coming out, which is going to be very good. Also, another big hit from Venice Film Festival to watch out for, Regina King's One Night in Miami, which is going to debut on Amazon, and it's about the night after Cassius Clay, or Muhammad Ali, won the World Boxing Championships, and he reportedly met... Malcolm X, among other famous people, and it's a dramatisation of that night. And Vanessa Kirby won the Best Actor slash Actress Award for her portrayal of Pieces of of Woman, which is going to be a Netflix film because they've snapped that up after its hot reaction. So those are three films to watch out for during this winter. And it's going to be spring this year because they've delayed everything due to COVID movie season. Very excited. Hey, but apparently, uh, COVID wave two is on the way. So are we going to see things getting pushed back even more? To be honest with you, I don't think the industry can afford it. So I think that regardless, I think it's fair um, to say that these films will still be dropping. Well, I think way. One Night in Miami and Pieces of Woman, their Amazon and Netflix, and I'm sure those two will stick to their schedules. Nomadland's currently penciled in for a December 4th release date. The problem is date. with filming. That's the issue. Yeah. It, it's when it's... Whether things can get back in production, 
But unless we go into a full, full lockdown, things will stay in production. Production's open now. I would doubt very much things shut down unless COVID breaks out on set, like what's happened with Robert Pattinson in The Batman. And that's yeah. obviously to shut down. Anyway, shall we do our first review? Um, yeah, but actually, just before we get into the first review, then you're going to be so, so proud of me. One of the, the films that you spoke about last week for the first time ever, I went away and watched. Mm. I know you watched Get Duke, didn't you? I did watch Get Duke. My thoughts were, it was a, I, you gave it a must watch. Um, it's, it's not, it's not. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, it's not. It's a good watch. I did enjoy I'm it, obsessed. but it's not, it's, not, it's not a must watch. It's a watch if you can uh, for a bit of a laugh. Um, the, the, the film does not take itself too seriously whatsoever. It's a bit of a joke. It's very corny, very cheesy. Um, but no, it is a good watch, but it's not a must watch. That's why I loved about Get Juked. All the stuff everyone else seemingly hated, how corny, how cheesy, how the fact it doesn't take itself seriously. That's all the stuff that for me just sold it. But anyway, we've got something that does take itself rather seriously coming up in I'm Thinking of Ending Things, which is Charlie Kaufman's new film, and it's on Netflix. Um, And the show follows the films about a young woman who, despite thinking of ending things with her boyfriend, Jesse Plemons, the young woman is Jesse Buckland, uh, Buckley uh, takes a road trip to meet his parents on his family farm. She's trapped on the farm during the snowstorm with Jake's mother, Tony Collette, and her his father, David David Fulis. I can never say his name properly, but you know the guy I'm talking about. Um. Anyway, the young woman starts to question her whole reality and whether what she believes about her boyfriend and the world and. I'm thinking of ending things. It's a heavy movie. It talks about a lot. It wants to think... It It deals with issues like regret and longing and the fragility of the human spirit, which is what you'd expect because it's written and directed by Oscar winner Charlie Kaufman, who's made one of my favourite films, Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. It's also based off Ian Reid's best-selling novel of the same name. And I was really excited for the movie... Um, and I'm not really sure how I feel about the film. It's brilliant. I didn't understand that much of it in a similar way to Tenet. And I feel slightly underwhelmed in a similar way as well. I didn't read the book. I wonder if you maybe need to read the book to understand the film. And I wonder if there are certain things in the movie that I don't want to delve into spoiler territory that's implied yeah. in the film, but maybe you're told outright in the book. Um, I, you've just kind of compared it to, to Tenant in a way, which you obviously, you did like Tenant, mm. even though it did confuse you. Which would you say is better? Uh, Tenant is definitely the better work. I mean, this is a similar kind of mind scratcher, but I do think I understood it. And I think it just takes a lot to get into in your head around. And you'll want to watch it again, but you won't want to. I finished, I'm thinking of ending things and thought, I want to watch it a second time to understand it, but I don't want to watch it soon. Yeah, it's, you want a, but, you want a bit of a breather before you watch it again. Yeah. Uh, but it's ben, it's mate, two hours and you... seven. It's two hours and seventeen minutes, so it's a long film. But it does ben, go by. Don't, quite don't do not say to me that two hours seventeen minutes is a long film. It is a long guess film. Guess what I watched? Like, guess what I watched last night? Lord of the Lord Rings. Lord of the Rings, and it was three hours forty five minutes. Now that, my friend, 
that is a long <sighs> film. Okay, quick disclaimer, didn't watch it in a wanna. Finished it this morning. Every anyway, film then, over two hours is a long film. Yeah, that's my that's true. I think Lord of the Rings is extremely long. Uh, but Ben, what are you giving? I'm thinking of ending things. The Netflix original. What are you giving that, my friend? It's a kind of watch if you can. It's, it's a watch if you can. I mean, Charlie. Lots of people will watch it because it's a Kaufman film. He's done brilliant work. It's got a great cast. It looks brilliant, but it didn't live up to the hype. Still to come on the Arctic Film Podcast today, we've got reviews. Uh, the Boys Season 2, we're going to be reviewing that, as well as Away, which is a Netflix TV series. Also, our classic movie watch, Almost Famous, Mulan. But right now, trailer talk. So we have had some huge trailers drop this week, including June, which I've heard so much hype about. Yeah, so... Um... It's the feature adaptation of the fantasy novel, June. And it looks beautiful. It looks like it's going to win all the tacky awards at the Oscars. But for me, I think this film's... Very visually pleasing. Yeah. But something about this trailer makes me think this movie's going to flop. It looks very expensive. Talk to me, talk to me, because I've actually seen this trailer. What makes you think it's going to flop? I don't know. I just... There's something about this movie that screams high-profile film flopped. I watched the trailer and I genuinely thought, looks a bit... I got a Cats vibe from it, which is not... I'm not saying it will be that bad. That doesn't sound great. That doesn't sound great. But it seems, and I know I'm one of the only person who thinks this. I did also think this of the Batman trailer, so I do watch trailers quite sceptically. But it just seems like a million dollar, like a hundred million dollar flop for me. Are your and are your? If you think something based on the trailer, if you think it's going to flop, are you normally right, or are you often proven wrong? Um, if I'm really love a trailer, the thing normally turns out terribly. Right. If I don't care for a trailer, it can go either way. Um, and this, do you care for this trailer? I know? didn't care for it. It's got Zendaya, Rebecca Ferguson, Timothy Chalamet, so, and uh, is directed. Pretty big names. I'll obviously be watching it because Zendaya's in it. But it's got some some huge names, to be honest with you. Yeah, so... it's got it's it's a stacked cast. I'll also be watching it because I watch everything. But um, I'm not excited for the 18th of December. I've got everything crossed that it is that it's a, so, so, that it's a success, but. If it gave you the same vibes as Cats, I haven't watched it. From what I've seen, Cats looks like an absolute runaway. Oh, Cats uh, is terrible, but it's great fun. <laughs> Taylor Swift spent hours trying to get it right, and bless her, I don't think it was down to her why it was terrible. I just think it was the writing, and it was just cringing. <laughs> Elsewhere, uh, a horror film trailer has dropped. Now, this is, this is exciting. I love a good horror film. Freaky, a brand new horror film. Uh, that's dropped. Ben, I've watched it. You've watched it. What, it's the trailer? Yeah, it's good. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's like, I think it looks really fun. The trailer. Yeah, it's like a body swap premise where, like, this is for people who have not seen the trailer, where you've got the hot, pretty girl who's normally it first one to die. It's a typical horror film trailer. That's all I'll say. But it is a good trailer, but it is very, very cliche. I think this film's going to be really good. I think it's going to be different to other horror films to be fair, because we've not seen the young pretty girl be swapped with the middle-aged serial killer and fair play to Vince Vaughn for literally going, yep, I know I look like a serial killer, I'll take this role, where he used to play your Jason Voorhees 
uh, Friday the 13th level serial killer um, and also a 18-year-old high schooler. So I'm really excited to see his performance oh, and the I, whole film. It says here it's actually being released Friday the 13th of November. It is being released. Love that. Love that. Um, that for me, out of all the trailers... Okay, there are three trailers we're discussing today. I've seen two of the three. Haven't seen the next one, but that looks like just it's, it looks like it's going to be one heck of a movie. That looks like a great fun movie. I You're getting agree good vibes from one. it, but based on what you said earlier, normally if you like something, it flops. So let's <laughs> and, hope you're wrong about that. And then. I'm really let's worried because I really like the next trailer. It's okay. For, it's the next trailer for the new TV show or miniseries, A Teacher, and it's being released on Hulu in the US. So, which means we have no clue when it's coming out over here. It or stars. If it ever will. If it it will come out, it might come out three years later, but it will find its way over here. It stars Kate Mara from House of Cards and just being a Mara sister fame, and Nick Robinson from Love Simon, and they play a teacher and student who end up having an affair. And um, I think this show looks great. That trailer that gave me... That sounds really, in a, in a non-creepy weird way, that sounds really like a good watch, you know what I mean? Because everyone always got the, you know, you know how it is, Ben. Everyone, you know, a joke at school is, oh, that teacher, or you know what I mean? It's just a joke. It's obviously not There's great, always one. Barely ever, but there's always one people who like to have a joke about it, so... To actually see something like this, that that sounds kind of cool. I don't know if I'm acting like weird saying that, but no, no, no. I, I, I this know, is I the TV show I'm most excited for, and there's from the trailer there is some good sexual chemistry between the two leads, and I, I'm... what's the age difference? Is it like a young teacher? Oh or yeah, like a... Katie Mara is probably thirty. And Nick okay. Robinson barely like you're watching this and you can't believe he's a high schooler. So yeah, it's... okay, okay. Oh, well, at least they got the actors right. But what character is he playing? Like, what age is the character he's playing? I'm not sure. I would assume he's like top year of school. So is that senior? I don't know. <sighs> Thank God, because otherwise, no, it's that not would like not be good work. it's That'd be creepy. It's, it's not like a year seven and a. It's not like any Catholic church shit and a year seven and a 30, 50-year-old teacher. I None think we should that. move on. I've got some horrible <laughs> thoughts. Uh, uh, yeah, ben, let's just get out of there. But no, um, that does sound like a really good TV show in a non-weird way. Uh, back to the reviews now. Mulan, which is out on Disney+. Plus. Ben, you liked this, didn't you? No. Flat out, <laughs> I didn't like this. Flat, you didn't? Flat out. Don't spend your 20 quid on this. Okay. <laughs> it's, oh, yeah, because, wait, you have to pay extra for this, don't you? You do. I went so round... Disney Plus already barely ever releases new things. Mm -hmm. And now... And as soon as they release something, you have to pay an extra 20 quid for it. I had a friend who I split half and half with, and I watched it on their account. That's how I saw the film, to try and make the movie more cost-effective. But it's a remake of the 1990s animated film about a young Chinese maiden, Mulan, who disguises herself as a male warrior to save her father. And this movie is soulless, and it's what happens if you give $200 million budget to a great cast, probably the wrong director, you make it for a big screen, you then don't let cinemas show it, which would have been the only redeeming thing about this film, because watching it on an iPad is not good. Um, 
the producers didn't know what they wanted from it. They tried to have it work for the Asian audience and they tried to have it work for the Western audience and it's not worked. Different audiences, different demographics. Yeah, and here's what Disney forgot, yeah. With China and the Asian audience, we've only had one Mulan film. They've already had one this year. Right. Um, And the one they had this year was really good. But okay. this is... It's got none of the Disney charm or fun. They've took out the songs and they've took out Eddie How Murphy's... How come they've had more than us? What? How come they've had more Mulan films than us? Well, Mulan is like a... It's a myth. And it's quite right. big over their culture. So... Uh, okay. And these, lots of, there's lots of Chinese films that don't make their okay, way across. So they're not actually directly uh, connected. It's not like a sequel. No, it's not like a sequel. It's not oh, Disney yeah. whatsoever. Um, me off a little bit then, but yeah. No. Um, also, we're not on this podcast going to address the boycott Mulan movement because even though all their points are politically correct, we can't really say that on air because we'll be banned from going to China. And um, I also feel like we already push our limits way too much. Um, so let's let's steer well clear of politics. But then, am I right in assuming Mulan is an absolute runaway like the bloody plague? Oh, yep. Runaway. Don't spend your twenty quid. Wait till December when you can get it for free on Disney+. Plus. Um, oh, it's out, it's out for free in December anyway. Yeah, well, I mean, you say actually, out for free, you have to play your, pay your Disney Plus subscription. But, I mean, it is... The Boycott Mulan thing is the most Disney thing ever because only they would film in an area where there's an actual genocide going on. Only Disney would do that and think that's okay. See, sometimes it baffles me how Disney is one of the biggest empires in the world. Like, people give Amazon and Apple a huge amount of stick for the way, um, for some of their corporate things and lots of the stuff they do and how they shouldn't be working in the entertainment industry. Disney's arguably worse. Some of the areas they film in are not good. Some of the issues they do, some of the stuff their cast say, um, the way they sanitise everything, the way it's one view of what's family-friendly and that's aimed for your middle American, your southern American family and it's all white it's all straight disney's awful ran over <laughs> don't even hang on i'm gonna have to jump in here mate don't even get me started don't even get me started on how they disrespected star wars so what's the name is it Catherine something uh for uh disney the disney uh, star Kath- wars uh, kathleen kennedy did the star wars but you know they all it's no longer so Bob Iger ahead of Disney. No, but she said that. She said that it was always the plan that Palpatine... Sorry, spoilers, if you haven't watched it now, then what are you doing with your life? She said that the plan was that Palpatine was always going to be Ray's grandfather. Ray has revealed this week in an interview that even when filming the final film, they wasn't entirely sure. She didn't know because they kept changing. You know, she was going to be related to Obi-Wan. She was then going to be a nobody. I mean, Kathleen... Nobody. Kathleen Kennedy gets an awful lot of stick, yeah? They treated but, Walt Disney. But this isn't directed at her. Kathleen Kennedy was a producer. Let me finish. This is not directed at her, but Disney completely disrespected Star Wars. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. Like, we know it. We know it to be true, Ben. They but did. fanboys, like Disney fanboys all over the internet 
have a go at Kathleen Kennedy. But they forget, she was a producer on the original Star Wars trilogy. She was a producer on the Indiana Jones trilogy. She was a producer for E.T. She was one of the forefronts for women and one of the first women to be really powerful in Hollywood. I have an awful lot of respect for her. And maybe she messed up with the latter Star Wars trilogy. But she was just as much a part in the original Star Wars trilogy and the Indiana Jones trilogy as George Lucas was. And she has consistently been great. But let's talk about our... Until now. <laughs> Let's talk about our classic film watch, which is almost yes. famous. And so, it's... hang on, sorry. Uh, there wasn't an Articulate Film podcast last week. I've actually started back at school this week, so I've been very busy. Um, but we're back now, and it's all going ahead. But I'm afraid, Ben, I haven't had time to watch this. I, I do apologise. I'm sorry. It's, it's fine. I'm, I'm not holding a grudge. Almost Famous turns 20 today. And wow. it's one of my favourite films. It's older than both of us, <laughs> which not is... Not by much, though, to be honest. Not, not by much, not by a huge amount. Um, it's by William... It's about set in the early 70s around William Miller, who's a 15-year-old aspiring rock journalist who gets a job for Rolling Stone magazine where his assignment is to tour with a rock band and write about his experiences. And he goes behind the scenes and he meets the groupies and he meets how the band can fundamentally destroy their own lives and everyone around them. And it's based off Cameron Crowe, the director's own experiences. I mean, this is, in my opinion, the best coming-of-age film of all time. And it's a love story to rock and roll. The cast, all of them give some of the best performances I've seen. Frances McDormand, who's one, who I think there's a strong argument that she's the greatest actor ever, actress ever does a brilliant performance here. Kate Hudson should have won the Oscar. I still maintain that Billy Kudrup is scene-stealing, and it's a shame he's not had anything since this big, apart from now when he's on the morning show. I just... There's so much love and passion in every scene of the movie. You cannot help but know this is Cameron Crowe's baby. And when I think of this film, I think of one scene... And it's the scene where they're all in the bus and Tiny Dancer by Elton John comes on and they all sing it. And if you've seen that film, you know that's the heart of the movie. And it's the iconic scene. And that's why I genuinely think Almost Famous is a perfect film. I genuinely, having not watched it, I even think I know about that scene. Yeah, that scene's... I knew about that scene before I'd watched the film. I thought I'd watched the film because I knew that scene. Yeah, it's like when you hear a song, you know what I mean? You're like, oh, if someone said, do you know this song and you hear it, I feel like this is one of their movies, you know what I mean? You haven't seen it, but you know mm. aspects of it. I don't know if that made any sense. But Ben, having not watched it, I'd say it's a must-watch. You said it's one of your favourite films ever. It should have... To give nearly everything a must-watch. Is this above a must-watch? Um, This would be a must-watch if I must-watch the classic films, which I normally don't. No, I, I'm thinking of ending things. Was a watch if you can. Mulan was a runaway. Only one thing this week's a must watch, other than Almost Famous. Next up. So, yeah, go check out Almost Famous. On Next Amazon. Next up, we're off to Netflix, are we, or Amazon? Yes, we're off to Netflix, who are off, off to, to space Netflix. with yes. Away, which oh, follows right. an American astronaut played by Hilary Swank 
who is struggling with leaving her husband and daughter behind as she's to lead the first international space crew mission to Mars for three years. Lots of people complain that this film's not like The Expanse, and it's nowhere near as good. And it's not trying to be The Expanse, but The Expanse is what everyone measures sci-fi TV and space TV by now. It's not as good. What it tries to do, it's by the guy who made Friday Night Lights, the TV series, which should give you a good hint at the tone it's aiming My for. My mate is obsessed with that show. Yeah, Friday Night Lights is a great show. Um, I think she's mainly just attracted to the league, to be honest with you, but she, she watches it, nevertheless. Um, it's closer to First Man if you need a direct sci-fi thing, and that's the Damien Chazelle, um, Neil Armstrong graphic that came out a few years ago, which was epic and should have won all the Oscars. But Away tries to do everything First Man did amazingly and completely fails at it. It made all the wrong decisions. I've never seen a TV show go so badly wrong in one episode. So I'm right in thinking this isn't the must-watch this week, then. This isn't this week's must-watch. I mean, the story, it wants to be about people and about relationships and about love and about You know what? I personally friendship. think that the whole space thing is getting a bit tiring now. Yeah, but it wants so to be about all of these... Of wants to be about people in space. Which I think the does... best one for me, sorry to go off topic, space film-wise, the guy that is on the moon by himself, the guy that's on Mars by himself or something in Gross The Cross. Martian? Yeah, that's good. Also, the one that starred Jennifer Lawrence. Uh, passengers. Um, on a space... Pardon? Passengers. <laughs> is that the one where the guy wakes her up? Yeah, where Chris Pratt wakes. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, that no. is a great film, isn't it? For... Um, yeah, so this film is all about people, it's about relationships, and it's like Ad Astra and For All Mankind, which are, in my opinion, two of the best things on space, and they both came out last year, and For All Mankind's available on Apple TV+. Plus. If those two are shit, um, it feels so forced, it tries so hard to get any emotion out of it, it pushes the characters so far down your throat, there's not a joke in sight. I mean, Scott Ryan who's a TV critic, freelance, on Radio 5 Live, said he'd had more fun filling out a tax return than watching this film. And I completely agree. I am 90% sure that's what people think about us on this podcast. What? They have more fun filling out a tax return? <laughs> yes. We don't, though. We don't. That's the important thing. Do you partly think... because I... we're not old enough to bother with tax, but... <laughs> Yeah, uh, partly because we haven't filled out those forms. But do you think many people do fill out tax reforms while listening to our show? Um, no. No. That'd be a weird niche market. I listened to the show when pegging out the washing the other day. I listen to it whenever I have to do an aw awkward job that I need something to do and listen to. And it helps me not listen too hard to this. Anyway... The final but regardless, show. no matter how you're listening, where you're listening, we appreciate you and we hope you enjoy it. We have got one more review left. Ben, I have I saved like the best. Be the must -watch. I've this saved the best be the to last. This is. I look forward to the new episode of The Boys every week. It's right. one of my favourite shows. I knew Was season one good, by the way. Season one's brilliant. Season right. two. It's currently the second highest rated show of the year so far on Metacritic. I can't remember. So what season two is better than season one. Season that two is unusual. Season two is not just better than season one. After four episodes, 
it might be one of the best seasons of TV of the year so far. Wow. It's bigger, it's better. Big statement. I think we could talk about this every week. I think I could talk about this for... But I'm going to try and sum up my love for this show in about three minutes. Maybe we could do a segment on it then. Yeah, because each episode being released a week on Amazon, so I'll update you on what's happening. But anyway, the first four episodes have started. Is it, sorry, is it an Amazon original? It, it is, is an Amazon original, and it's their crown jewel, considering they probably spend the, for, the GDP of a small country on its advertising budget alone. <laughs> it's season two starts, Billy Butcher's disappeared after the events of season one, the boys are in hiding, Huey's still meeting... Uh, Annie, but she now doesn't love him because he lied to her. The seven are all up in Tit's roof. They've got a new member because called Stormfront, who's a Nazi. Homelander hates her, and Homelander, if you didn't, if you liked him in season one, season two, he is going to be one of the best villains ben, in TV history. I can't history. believe you just called someone a Nazi. No, no, this character is genuinely a Nazi. Like, yeah. it's, the show's open about... I was going to say, Ben, I was like, don't say that, please. No, no the show is open about it. She's, okay. It's based you, off a comic book. It's up for my sake. I got really worried there. It's based off a comic book character who is actually an RC. So, um, okay. uh, they also, you also have the uh, eulogy of Translucent and the deep goes to therapy. It's just so many stories happening and all of them are brilliant. And it's an awful lot of fun. And I was kind of worried where it would go after season one, even though it left storylines and it left things undeveloped. But everything they do in season two makes sense for the characters and for the plot. And you get so much more depth to the characters because you already know them now. And episode four of the season, um, literally nothing happens to the plot, but you just spend an hour with the characters learning more about their motivations and it really works. I mean, it's weird. The boys is weird. It's weirder than last year. There's a scene where the deep talks to his gills. So um, it's it's difficult to describe, but it's much stronger than the first season. It's the best superhero TV show on TV by a long way. I mean, Watchmen. Better than The Flash? A lot better than The Flash. And actually, you would love The Boys, Jacob, so... You know what? I'm getting that vibe I would. Maybe Amazon is the way forward, you know? Because based watch. on what you said last week, I went and watched Get Duped, and now I actually want to watch The Boys. Yeah, I mean, Amazon, who bit I... Of a cringy, bit of a cringy title, The Boys, in my opinion. It is a cringy... It, it's, like a it is based off a comic book series, so that's not the show's fault. Also, I do love Amazon's marketing tactic, because with The Boys and The Marvelous Miss Maisel, they seemingly... Even when those shows... I just, sorry, apologise for that noise. I accidentally just hit my microphone. I was <laughs> yawning, went to cover my mouth and I hit the microphone. So those... sorry if you heard that. Amazon constantly advertises its two shows and it spends a lot on the advertising. But oh, if yeah. it works, it works. I love that. I love it. I just love Amazon, to be honest with you. Uh, so, Ben, you are giving the boys season two and season one, to be honest with you, on Amazon TV an absolute must-watch. So, uh, the boys is at the top. Ben, what is your ranking order for this week's shows? We well, I almost don't think it's worth ranking them because it's the boys at number one. Then you can watch I'm Thinking of Ending Things at number two. It's, it's all right. It's not bad. I'm thinking of ending now, things isn't what, bad. The main, the, the main question everyone wants to know the answer to is, what's worse, <laughs> Mulan or Away? Away. 
by a long way, but that's not saying anything good about Mulan. So we are going the boys at the top, uh, followed by, I'm thinking of ending things, Mulan, and then away. Right and the there. bottom two the bottom. are not good. <laughs> yeah, don't watch either of them. Uh, ben, it has been an absolute pleasure, as always, doing the show with you. Can't believe I've done it from my bed and we've actually survived. I'm really worried that my laptop fan's going off like mad. I'm really worried the whole podcast has just got that in the background. Oh, that's so... how fires start. Did you not know that? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, oh, fires gosh. start. Really random off topic for the end of the podcast. Fires start by putting your laptop on top of your duvet. I was taught that in year 11 physics. Well, look up. What is it that right above my bed there? See, Ben? Can you see that? Uh, no, I've turned the Zoom call off. Oh, yeah. Oh, nice. It's a smoke extinguisher. Yeah, right right at the top of my bed. So I think we're all good. Ben, you've been amazing, as always. Thank you very much to you for listening. And we will see you once again next week on another Articu Film podcast. Goodbye. Bye.